Hello, and welcome to Short Takes on Tech, the podcast that brings you quick insights into the latest innovations in the produce and floral industry. I'm your host, Vani Estes, the VP of Innovation at the International Fresh Produce Association. We're thrilled to kick off a special season recorded live at the Global Produce and Floral Show in Anaheim last October. Picture this, the vibrant atmosphere of the trade show, the podcast booth located right by registration, and the unmistakable buzz of excitement from industry professionals. It was an incredible experience, and we've captured the essence of it in this season. Throughout the upcoming episodes, we'll be sharing two to four interviews in each episode featuring discussion with experts from new companies and pioneers in cutting-edge technologies within the industry. These bite-sized conversations are designed to give you quick glimpses into the companies solving our biggest problems in the produce and floral industry. Feel free to skip around and explore the topics that pique your interest. Each interview is approximately 10 minutes long, making it easy for you to stay informed in the midst of your busy schedule. So whether you're a seasoned professional in the field or just curious about the latest developments, we've got something for everyone in this season. Thank you for joining us on Short Takes on Tech. Let's dive into the world of innovation and discovery together. Stay tuned for insights that could shape the future of the produce and floral industry. Hello, and welcome back to Short Takes on Tech, the podcast that explores groundbreaking innovations in the world of technology and produce. I'm your host, Vani Estes, with conversations from the Global Show in Anaheim. As the VP of Innovation at the International Fresh Produce Association, I'm excited to bring you insights into the latest advancements shaping our industry. In today's episode, we're diving deep into the world of technology and fresh produce, shining a spotlight on companies whose ingenuity is transforming the way we grow and consume our food. Our first featured company is Agnuity, Inc., led by the visionary CEO, Gene Wisikowski. Gene participated in the Freshfield Catalyst program last year. You can go back to the first two episodes of the season to hear more about the program details and meet some of the other remarkable participants. Agnuity has truly taken horticulture lighting to the next level with their revolutionary system. Stay tuned to discover how they're illuminating the path forward with a full spectrum light that not only enhances crop growth, but does so with remarkable energy efficiency. But that's not all. We're also thrilled to talk to AeroFarms, a pioneering force in vertical farming. Joining us today are Benjamin Weir, Director of Sales at AeroFarms, and Emily G, the Marketing Director. They'll give us a glimpse into the world of vertical farming and share how AeroFarms is redefining the food we grow. So buckle up for a journey through the cutting edge of ag tech and innovation. Without further ado, let's jump right into our first feature with Agnuity and explore the future of horticulture lighting. Hi, I'm Bonnie Estes, and I'm the host of Fresh Takes on Tech, and we are recording live, which is unusual for me and exciting and a little bit terrifying, at the show in Anaheim. And I'm really happy to talk to our next guest, who was another person in our Freshfield Catalyst Accelerator. So, Gene, welcome. It's so good to have you. Good to see you. Thank you. I appreciate you asking us to talk. Oh, sure. So, tell me about yourself and your company. My background is basically... Uh, 
I've been in the food industry since 1977 in production and management of product development and things like that. Our company now is basically developing the technology around pulse xenon, the application for plants that helps them grow and stimulate production. Very cool. So is that used inside in greenhouses? Or? It's used inside. Actually, it's any covered structure. We have basically poly, poly tunnels that are using it and uh, all the way to fully enclosed greenhouses. So is this a new technology? Is yes, it is. Uh, it's been, we've been working on it for the past uh, 10 years, developing it, developing the IP around it, and uh, it's been very, very successful. Wow. What kind of crops have, are you working in? Everything from uh, fruits and vegetables to forestry products, hardwood cuttings, pretty much everything. And so how does it work? That's or is good, that a secret? No, 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 that's a good question. Basically, the pulse generates a spectrum that's 78% red and far red light. And uh, there's an interaction, it's a hormetic reaction, we believe. We really don't have all the details of it, but it's a hormetic reaction responding to the light. And basically a hormetic reaction is where you take a toxic substance and expose it to a small amount of that. It becomes, a, you get a positive response from it. And uh, that means that something like uh, aspirin, you take that, you take a lot of aspirin, you'll get uh, bleeding ulcers or you'll get ringing in your ears, but then all of a sudden you take a small amount every day and it prevents a stroke. So it's a, it's a toxic substance, low dose, positive response. And then we also see something that between the circadian rhythm and uh, this is all related to what's happening within the uh, phytochromes and the cytochromes within the, the organism. So how... How did you discover this, or how did you, was it accident? I, I didn't know. Uh, I had a gentleman that I knew in Ohio that did the work on it back, and, and, and basically he and I came together, and then I started working more detailed into it. So did he have a theory that this might happen, or no, it was just... It was just, he wanted to... He noticed. He didn't want to take and spend the money on LEDs, so he went another direction, and ah. uh, he figured it out. That's uh, so You know, cool. it's just one of those great things of serendipity that worked, and... He carried it forward. Yeah, and like you don't really have to know the complete molecular structure of what's happening. You just can measure the results, right? You measure results. Your eyes can see it, and uh, you say, "Wow, this works." So, if you're walking through the field where this is being used, you can see the you, you see if, the lights. If it's in the greenhouse, absolutely, it stands out night and day. Hmm. That's very cool. And yeah. are you commercial? Are you selling it We're yet? We're not selling developing? yet. We're working the development. We're getting finalized on the fixtures and everything, and, and moving it forward. And where are you? What different places are you trialing? We've trialed in in, in California. We've been in uh, Washington, or uh, Ohio, Michigan, Texas. We've we've been all over different areas of the United States. And then, are you going to sell it yourself, or go through distribution? We'll be selling it ourselves. Yeah. Actually, we're we're going to we're looking and we've got relationships with some uh, OEM manufacturers of greenhouses and stuff like that. That they are using us as part of their technology. That they're putting into the really generation five and six where they actually have absolutely sealed greenhouses with uh, uh, filtered air that you don't have disease so it's going to allow us to go back into plant breeding and bring genetics back in and, and start working with things that we put aside because we couldn't have uh, that quality of that product because of disease taking a prevalence and, and pre predicting that that was going to be the most important thing we had to control was disease so we're working on a different way of getting to better quality and stuff. Mm. 
So I'm sure every grower that you go to and talk to says, well, what's my return on investment and how am I going to measure that I'm making money? How do you answer that? It's, uh, you know, you, how are you going to make money is always a question. And, you know, therefore you, you have to stop and say, well, if I can produce phytochemicals or something like that, if I can improve the flavor profile of my product, make a superior product. Sometimes it's being able to sell more products or have it quality. It's just not to the bottom line. But when you take and you look at what we've done is, is that we do see increased yield. And uh, basically then with increased yield comes better expense and everything. And then, the, like I said, the quality is, is the other one. But if you can increase the yield, you can also increase capacity. And so it, and everything comes follows hand in hand, you know, it's uh-huh. you, you, more more production per square foot. That's the way I look at it. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, and then you carry it forward like that. And people get that. And so do they, do you think when you start selling, are they going to take your word for it? Or how do you think that's going to go? You know, I think there's always a time period and when you bring something totally, absolutely new to the market that's, uh, you know, you'll have a little bit of Missouri in you to show, you (laughs) know, let's see this happen. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty evident when you go into a greenhouse and they're they're rooting cuttings or something like that, and they realize that they've gained two or three weeks of production because things are rooting faster, or you're growing, or you're getting hanging baskets that are absolutely stunningly beautiful because they're just solid solid flowers, you know. And then you know all of a sudden that generates additional income for the grower too. Yeah. Uh, the, the great thing about the light is is that it only uses you know thirty to fifty watts. So the, the, the utility side, the expense side, the cost side is, is fairly insignificant in the overall scheme of an operation. Yes, you have a capital cost, but the operation costs, which you have to fight every, and you turn them off when you don't need them and stuff like that. So they do work well. So you were part of our accelerator program yes. uh, this past year. So tell us how that was for you and what you liked about it. It was excellent. You know, that's, it's easy to say that, but, you know, when you stop and realize what y'all accomplished of, of bringing together such a diverse group of individuals that cover a, a broad spectrum of the needs of the industry. Mm-hmm. And when you, you stop and realize what y'all went through to do that and then turn around and say, oh, come to California and let's go on a journey. And we, we spend a week in a bus <laughs> visiting manufacturers and growers and stuff like that. Uh, it was really, it's a compliment to the association to, to have that happen and, and bring it together in such a way that you've delivered. And then you followed up with mentors and, and then we had monthly or bi-monthly or whenever we, we had a chance to get together, we had more conversations with individuals within the industry that brought another perspective to it. So, you know, you, you kind of hit it in four directions at one time and we just kind of went through six months before we knew it, we're here. Yeah, exactly. Was there something that you learned that may change the way either you go to market or how you think about the need or contacts that you made or anything tangible? Well, I'd say all of the above. I mean, you know, when you get together with a group of scientists, you know, engineers, scientists and everything, you're all bringing a different perspective. But then you, you get into the, the grower environment and it's like, yeah, like you said, what's it cost? How's this going to work? How do I develop this? What do you have to think about from their perspective? You have to, you know, it's it's kind of spending a day in their shoes yeah. and realize how important it is that you really think through who the customer is because that's that's the gatekeeper. And if you can get with them and work with them and develop and understand their needs, you'll be more successful. And I think that's what you brought together with such a diverse group of people that we visited with and we got into the fields, we got into the plants, you saw in use, 
it kind of makes you realize how big the industry is. And, you know, the industry is, like I've said before, is, is that, uh, you know, especially produce, there's, there's a lot of different plants in this industry. Yeah. You know, it's not like a crop of wheat or corn. Exactly. You know, there's yeah. a lot of differential. So there's a lot of, lot of work, and it's just not one size fits all. Yeah, exactly. Great. So what's your plan for the show? What are you hoping to get out of it? Actually, uh, this brings back old memories. I'm glad to be at a produce show. I've spent 40 years going to IFT, uh, Institute of Food Technology, and, and professional organizations that work on the other side where we process everything that the produce industry makes. And then, so it's like, this is nice. It's, yeah. it's enjoyable. So, you know, I may see some old friends here, yeah. but here they are. It, it really gives you a, a perspective of how diverse the industry is. Yeah. And I think that's important for anybody that's working and trying to develop any type of technology for this industry is, is that here again, is that you need to understand diversity. Yeah. And the supply chain is so varied and so long and so critical and very different than putting it in a silo and, you know, exactly. getting it out when no, you need you, it. <laughs> when it's ready, it's ready. That's I mean, right. it's, it's not going to sit here and wait for you to be waiting to use it. I mean, yeah. you pick it and you got to consume it. Yeah, and uh, exactly. nature has a way of preventing you from doing that or spoiling it when you want to take it. So it's just, it's, it's a living organism. Yeah, it, yeah. It, yeah. Well, Gene, thank you so much for being in the program. I enjoyed getting to know you and thanks for coming here today, talking to me and enjoy the show. Like I say, thank you for having us and, 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 and I look forward to keeping contact. Yeah, great, okay. Appreciate it, thanks. take care. And my first guests today are two of my favorite people in one of my favorite companies. So I'm very excited to have this conversation. So Emily, I'm going to let you start and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about Aeroparks. Thank you so much, Bonnie. So excited to be here. My name is Emily G. I'm marketing director at Aerofarms. We're an indoor vertical farm growing microgreens um, and just really excited to be here to chat about what's going on in the industry, tech and, and our product. I'll turn it over to Ben. Thanks, Emily. Uh, ben Weir, uh, Director of Sales, working with great customers like Whole Foods Market, Fresh Market, uh, Walmart, Stop and Shop, really making sure that microgreens are accessible to all consumers. Excellent. So there's been a little bit about AeroFarms in the news, and people might kind of wonder, bankruptcy, not bankruptcy. So do you want to just kind of explain to people that process and where you are and that you're delivering product and consumers are happy and getting product and retailers are getting product and that business is going on. I just want to make sure people hear that part. Yeah, thanks. Um, we've had a bit of a change probably since the last IFPA and where we are right now is we are officially out of the chapter 11 process and what's happened now is that we're focusing solely on commercial growing. So no longer kind of the, the R&D bend and all of our efforts are going towards servicing our customers, our consumers, with microgreens and commercial growing. So that is right now out of uh, Danville, Virginia. Just to give everyone a kind of a, a where is Aero Farms right now? Uh, we are in Danville, Virginia, growing um, to service our great customers and consumers. Our microgreens can be found nationwide. We are here and all of our efforts are now focused on the commercial side. Yeah, we expect to, to continue to deliver the same great products, the same great service. Yeah. And now with this more focused approach that Emily alluded to, really a, a focus on uh, what the consumers need. And, and that's just consistency time and time again. And talk a little bit about your product, explain to people kind of what some of the offerings are and what's different about them. Yes. So microgreens are essentially a, a smaller version of a more mature plant. Uh, we, we harvest them prematurely, but they still carry the same great flavor and nutrition as the more mature varieties do. So 
you know, we have a, a full portfolio of uh, different blends, whether it be a spicy mix, a super, a rainbow mix, and then single varietals, arugula, kale, names that you're familiar with. Some are a little bit more polarizing. We have a micro wasabi, which is great, brings a lot of heat. And then we have other items that are a lot more mellow and make a, a great base salad. Excellent. And where, where are they available? Nationwide yet? Or Nationwide, yeah. Yeah, yeah, with great partners like Whole Foods and Amazon Fresh. And then you know, regionally, we're available in a lot of locations on the Northeast and growing every day. We're only really, at this point, constrained by how fast we can grow the product. Yeah. I had a panel yesterday, the CEA panel, where I talked to a retailer, Greenhouse, Cox Enterprise, and then Plenty. And one of the last questions, since you weren't on the panel, I'm going to ask you guys the last question. So the last question that I asked them was, you know, what are the top three attributes that consumers want out of your Oh, this is a good one. And I think that to start it off, too, I think it's such a good one. First of all, I'm so happy that IFPA and Bonnie have really led this effort for kind of bringing CEA together. When we talk about growing in the space, it really is a category that, you know, everyone's working together when we talk about like the definitions, how this works, how to build a category. So just a, a big thank you to Bonnie for bringing that group together. Um, and, and it is part of our industry and when we come together to make sure that we're all saying the same things to the consumers, how are we approaching it and how are we creating the CEA category? I just wanted to, to first give a shout out for kind of bringing that group together um, along with the great work that Abby's doing as well at Bright Farms to bring that group together too. And when we talk about you know what's important to the consumer, I think that's really when we talk about you know where Aero Farms is, that, that's what we wanted to hone in and focus on. And it's the consistency, it's the quality the freshness and being in the food safety and being able to count on, you know, a product and uh, and the quality and the flavors around it. So by focusing all of our efforts on this commercial side, it allows us to really hone in on what the consumer is looking for and be able to deliver on those promises. Yeah. And I still think at the end of the day, flavor is king. So that's what yeah. brings the consumer in the door. And then I think the halo effect of what we will create as a brand with our technology, with our sustainability, that's what keeps people coming back. And one of the things that we talked about in the CEA council meeting um, that you all are a part of was just do do we need to have like some overarching title? Like everyone should put CEA on their label and, and everyone thinks no. <laughs> just don't get worried because um, no one knows what CEA is. But just talking talking about that as, as you as all these different companies and separate companies come to market with these new products that have these attributes you know is there a way to communicate to the consumer this we are in this category that have these attributes and it's really kind of a struggle to, to figure out how to do that and and a lot of the companies aero farms included have amazing branding and so does it do you just end up doing this on your own, you know, because you have your own brand and you're telling your own story? But I just wondered if you had any thoughts on that, on, you know, branding and how to go to market and how to talk about the category. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's so many things that are, you know, that we've got the differentiators per company that are that are great that set everyone apart in unique ways and then there's parts of building up the category as a whole and it's still you know just a piece of this huge pie and so building up the category and helping to story tell the consumer is something that we feel strongly about to to support category definition in general so I think in really important meetings of people coming together like the CEA council to exchange ideas and make sure that we're all speaking in a bit of the same language at times is really helpful 
I know we, we all kind of liken it to, um, you know, sometimes the organics um, or different things that are at one point maybe were new to consumers and how now those definitions are, are every day. So I'm hoping that CEA or Indoor Grown um, will be able to share those definitions across company. And it doesn't mean that everyone needs to be, you know, using the same exact differentiators, but being able to speak in the same language and getting those similar points across sometimes just to educate our consumers in general about what makes CEA uh, a bit unique. Yeah, I don't think we want to compete on some of these. I think we want to work together and that's going to build, you know, this collective trust in us as an industry and the consumers are going to resonate with that. They don't, you know, there's so much going on. There's so much noise that the more consistent that we can be, the clearer the message will. Yeah, that's true. So we had this morning um, at the general session, Steve Wozniak spoke to us about everything. <laughs> it, was a, it was a very interesting talk. But I think it, uh, at the show this year, and Kathy talked about this at the SOI, just how important technology is and how important it is to our industry. So, Emily, if you could talk just a little bit about how you're seeing technology, and, and, and you guys are a very high technology company and always have been, how do you see technology helping what, we're, what you're doing? How do you see AI moving into what's going on in technology? And just talk a little yeah, I mean, I think it's such an interesting time right now, too, with with so many different technologies emerging. I would say, too, something that's been really interesting is also this kind of emergence of, of AI and just different ways that we can also optimize what we're using and how we are kind of conducting business. And I say first and foremost is even just tools that um, help our entire team, like ChatGPT, are really interesting. And I, one of the things that uh, as we're beginning to use it and beginning to explore is, I, I would say, number one, not necessarily in replacement of people, but how do we make people efficient and, and how do we give people the, the tools to open that up? And I think number one starts with that, just a general curiosity for what's out there and then also understanding where the data is coming from, I would say, is how we're approaching it right now, is making sure that the data set and, and how it's being used is um, in a curious way and then also in a responsible way, and just to make sure that the, the data is being used and um, that we're knowing where it's coming from as well. But uh, I, think it, I think we're just seeing starting the tip of the iceberg of how that can impact our industry in terms of efficiency and optimizations. Yeah, I'll just add that one of the biggest differentiators when we opened our farm in Virginia was the presence of automation and some folks think that that means that there's no one working in the farm. We have a great team of over 150 uh, individuals working there. So it's really that intersection of machines, people, and how we can make things easier, faster, better. And that's, uh, that's what we're really striving to do. Yeah, great. That, that's a really great point. So what do you guys want to get out of the show? Well, I mean, I always love looking around. And number one, it's always great to see everyone um, and to see people. And then looking around at all the new stuff, um, you know, some great trends coming out. Love that the show always kind of coincides with the, the new trends for 2024. And something personally that I'm really excited to see is a big effort on sustainability. You know, we're seeing a lot of different ideas to make sure that that. Um, products are staying fresh, that there's food safety, and seeing some efforts for sustainability all through, which making my, my heart sing over here. Um, so love seeing it. Yeah, I'll echo. I, I was part of the Sustainability Council meeting yesterday, which was a great session. And, um, you know, outside of that, meeting with the customers. Uh, it's been a challenging year, as uh, Emily indicated, but uh, we're meeting now on you know, kind of an upswing for the business. And uh, it's a really great context to, to have those relationships, uh, you know, continue to grow. Great. All right, you guys, thank you very much for being here. It's great talking to you, and I will see you on the floor. Thanks, Bonnie. Thanks, Bonnie. Yeah.
And that's a wrap for this episode of Short Takes on Tech, recorded live at the Global Produce and Floral Show in Anaheim. We hope you enjoyed these brief but insightful glimpses into the world of innovation shaping our industry. As we close this episode, we invite you to mark your calendars and make plans to attend the 2024 show in Atlanta. It's sure to be another fantastic opportunity to connect with industry leaders, discover groundbreaking technologies, and stay at the forefront of what's happening in produce and floral. Cheers to the exciting future ahead. Thanks for joining us, and we look forward to bringing you more short takes on tech in the episodes to come. Until next time, stay curious and stay innovative.